All right. So last week we talked a little bit about fear, and we did um, we kind of did a word study on the word fear. Does anyone remember the two types of fear? Come on, anyone? Two types of fear, and what and what makes them different? Well, there's two different ones. There's the one that terrorizes you, and we talked a little bit about that. You know, like fear of the dark or fear of spiders, fear of heights. That was a common one. You know, those are terrorizing fears that that cause you to freeze and kind of panic a little bit. And there's the other side of that, which is the type of fear that the Lord wants from you. It's the fear to revere the Lord, to hold Him in high esteem, to exalt the Lord. That's the fear that the Lord's looking about. So we're talking about two different types of fear. And those can be used against you. I consider fear, it's a two-sided coin. You have one side of the coin, hang on, Howie, that's the heads. That's the one that you want to focus on. That's going to be the one for the Lord. And you have the other side of the coin, tails. That's the fear that holds you back from executing. That's the one that terrorizes you and makes you stop. Now, it's part of the same coin. Some of that that causes you to stop, that's probably healthy. Some of it is healthy. And then there's the other side of it where it can be used against you. And we're going to kind of see this here in a second. Yes, Hallie, you had a question? So that's that. You know, I think that's a tool that the Lord gave us. And I'm glad you asked that one because that is that it makes you stop and think. You know, it's like okay, you know, like for instance, I'll use fear of heights, and I joked about it, and I'll say it again. It's not the fear of heights that scares me. It's actually the fear of falling and the sudden stop. Right. Up front, you know, that's what happens when you guys come in late. The good seats get taken. I mean, I can't even Yeah, but I know, but you know, your options available slowly become diminished if as you come in later. So, you know, that's a good one, Hallie, to actually talk about. We can we can talk about that. That fear that you're talking about, Hallie, is like, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid of heights, but you still go through it. You stop and you think. The one part I want to apply to that is, do you stop and you think about it, but do you pray? Do you pray to the Lord to overcome that? You know, that's the fear that we want to get into. We want to kind of explore there. Um, fear can be used. Like I said, um, I'm going to use that term interchangeably. There's the fear that terrorizes and prevents you from doing something. And there's the fear to revere, to hold something sacred and holy. There's that part of it. So it's two, it's this, it's two sides of the same coin. And as you flip it around, it can be used against you. So if you will, go ahead and get your Bibles out and let's go to Genesis. I want us to talk about this one right here to start off with. And that's the fear to revere. So, yeah, if you get your Bible and go to Genesis 1, 26. There's a couple underneath there. There's a Bible on the floor underneath you by Elena as well. Elena, is there a Bible on the floor next to you underneath your chair? Also, when we're done, let's, um, let's make sure we put the Bibles back. This is God's holy word. It's not worthy to sit on the floor. So please, when you're done... Let's put the Bibles back if you're using it. So let's make sure we put the Bibles back if you're using one. If you have one, you don't want to leave it on the floor. It's God's holy word. It deserves to be held in esteem. So we're going to go to Genesis 126. 
And this has gone back here. So this, this shows the hierarchy and why we need to fear God. And when I say fear, revere. And God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeper thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God created he, him, male and female. And God blessed them. Get this part. God said. God said, hey, go do this. No, God said, go unto them. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And as we go through right there, um, in verse 29, it says, God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To it, to you it shall be for meats. And to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for me and it was so. And God saw everything that he made and behold, it was very good. And in the evening and the morning was the sixth day. I wanted to go over the creation account because what we've seen right here is God is establishing his authority as the creator of the universe. You know, right there. So we've seen the creation account right there. God created man in his own image. And when you see it right there, our image, it's plural. And we're talking about the Godhead. We're talking about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God made man in his image, in the complete image of him. But he's also going to go through here. We have a tasks right here. And the reason I'm talking about this is because there's a failure as we look at this. And so I want to talk about that a little bit because it's that fear. And it was a lack of fear. It was a lack of total fear, either the terrorizing kind or the reverence kind, that caused some issues. So fear can be a good thing as long as it doesn't... i got to be careful here. Fear as you revere the Lord is a great thing. It's an awesome thing and something we need to do. The fear that terrorizes you and prevents you from serving the Lord, that is a bad thing. So we need... Um, come on over here, Wyatt. So we don't want to have that fear that prevents us. And then, of course, we want to have fear in our life We want because we want to have a healthy, healthy balance of it. But in Genesis 3, what happened in Genesis 3? Anyone, come on. You guys know this stuff. A lot of you guys have been going through the church. What happened in Genesis 3? Can you speak up, Audrey, please? Okay, so that you're right. That's that's a high level. That's a 30,000 foot flyover. Adam and Eve disobeyed God. But I'm going to tell you something else a little bit further. Adam did not revere the Lord. I'm going to say that up front. Adam did not fear the Lord. Because if he had feared the Lord, he would never left his help me, Eve, to be alone with the devil or the adversary or the serpent. I want to make sure you guys understood that. If he revered and feared the Lord like he was supposed to and do his stewardship, he would never have left Eve alone to be around the adversary. Adam failed. I want you guys to understand that. And it also has other doctrinal applications. Adam didn't fear the Lord. 
in his in his help me Eve listened to the devil and she ate of the fruit and then she handed it to Adam. That's a that's that's a failure. Well, he would have also taught her God's word the Exactly. In chapter two, he was telling Adam to how to do it, how to administer. Pass the word of God off to Eve. Right. So he didn't fear the Lord, and then like I said, it's the healthy. Yes. But didn't Satan purposely target Eve because because Adam wasn't around? Because she was the weaker one. Because Adam wasn't. Yes. Yeah. So the adversary did choose Eve, but Adam wasn't present at that time. But like I guess during the conference, they were actually just really talking about Satan was bitter about being second to God, and so he went to Eve because she was second to Adam. He wanted to find someone that would. Like, you know, and there's there's some you know if you talk about it strategy and working like it's like like military might. I mean, you know, when you talk about a military campaign, this is a military campaign because there's a battle going on. So think of it like that. When you go into battle, you don't send all your troops all at once against the force. You look for weaknesses. You learn to exploit your weaknesses. You know, for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. Same thing, the adversary was looking at Eve. Adam wasn't present because he wasn't fearing the Lord. He wasn't revering the Lord. That opened the door for the adversary to attack Eve. Because she didn't know, and the devil, being who he is, twisted some words. And because Adam didn't invest into that, because he didn't fear the Lord and his responsibility and his stewardship, we have the fall. This is a picture of that where you need to have that, you know, that fear. And he didn't understand the consequences because he didn't understand because if he would have not left Eve alone if he understood the consequences of that he would never have left Eve alone so it's, it's a double failure on Adam you know so many people will go around oh it's Eve's fault no it's not it's Adam's fault so I just want to let you guys know that but Eve it does have some accountability so there's that fear of the Lord. And then there's consequences. But you know, God loved them so much, He still equipped them. He still equipped them, but they can no longer reside in the garden. So that's a great example of where fear, the reverence kind, is if you don't revere the Lord, it's going to be a failure. But also, at the same time, you got to be aware of your consequences. You know, as, as a believer in Jesus Christ, and I've been invested, I've been discipled, I've been equipped to go out and teach the Bible. I've been equipped to go share the gospel. I've been equipped to go evangelize. If I do not go out and I don't and I execute that, I have to give an account to that. That scares me to death. It's that fear that terrorizes. Because I'm going to have to stand before Jesus Christ and He's going to ask me, Ray, why did you not share the gospel with so-and-so on this date? I'm going to have to give an account. If you're saved today, you're going to have to give that same account. That should give you a little fear that you need to be working for the Lord. If you're not, why not? I want you guys to be aware there are, you know, it's consequences. So that fear of standing before the Lord, that scares me. That scares me. But it's not going to prevent me though. It's not going to freeze me for prevent, you know, presenting the gospel. 
it's you know I can go forward with this. So I want to kind of continue that story and in, in, in our journey on that. Let's go ahead. Um, some other things that we have to be aware of. How do we have that fear for the Lord? Let's go ahead and go over to Philippians four. So go ahead and jump over back into the New Testament. I touched on this one a little bit more, but I want to give you guys application. There's some in the other room. We might need to go get a couple other Bibles out of the other room. Can you get two, Wyatt, please? Thank you. And I love Philippians 4. As we get into it, you know, Paul wrote to the church of Philippi, which is up in Macedonia. You know, he was addressing them. They had a heart for the Lord. Philippians 4 is my go-to when I'm kind of feeling down and out. Jackson needed one right here. Thank you, Wyatt. So we're going to Philippians 4. We've got to have the mind for God. How can we fear the Lord? How can we revere the Lord if we don't know what is expected of us? And that's what I want to focus on right now is on Philippians 4. And I'm going to start in verse 4. I'm going to read through some of this. And this is, again, what we need to have. We have that the attitude. Rejoice in the Lord always. So in Philippians 4.4, 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You know, one thing that we've talked about as we go through and study the Bible is when we see things more than once, we see it twice, we see it three times, hey, we should pay attention to that, right? We see the word rejoice in the same sentence twice. We need to rejoice in the Lord. We need to fear the Lord. We need to revere Him. We need to be rejoiceful in the Lord. We need to go through that. Let your moderation be known in all men. The Lord is at hand. That's the other part of it. We exalt the Lord. We worship the Lord, God Almighty, because we know who He is. He's present. He's present through the Holy Spirit that walks amongst us for those that are believers. So let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. Do not take it for granted like Adam did in the garden. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer, step one, prayer, supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Prayer and questions. Supplication is another word that we can look at for questions. Why, Lord? And I wouldn't say why, but how do I do this, Lord? How can I do this, Lord? What can I do for you, Lord? Supplications. You know, questions that we can use to help implement a process. But we got to do this by prayer. We have to pray. That's the reason why we pray before, and we're going to pray afterwards. We want to go through it. And we got to have a prayer of Thanksgiving. I will tell you guys, and you guys know this as well as teenagers and preteens, life sucks sometimes. Let's be honest. Things don't go the way you like them to go. Things are a challenge. Sometimes it sucks. Can we? Can I get an honest answer? Yes. Life does suck sometimes. But you know what? we got to take that suck, the part that's right there, the part that does stink, and everything that goes with it. we got to say thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. we got to look for the light when we go through that. So when things are bad, we still have to go through it. You know what? I will, I will say this one, and I'm going to share something personal right here. And it's the reason why Meredith's in the room. Meredith 
was recently diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. I'm going to be honest here. That shook our world. But you know what? Out of that bad situation in our lifestyle change, there's been good. One, we are more aware about what's going on in the world in the world of diabetes. Not just for Meredith, but in the world as a general. We're more aware of that. It's also made us more aware of what we're eating and how we're eating. We now have to count carbs. We have to look at the labels every time we go out to eat. That's a game changer. You know, instead of going over, you know, when you get done, going into the kitchen and grabbing a soda, have you ever looked at the label on the soda and see how much crap's in it? I'm going to say the word crap, and that's what it is. Have you ever stopped and looked? I'm thankful because now I'm aware of that. And it's making changes. And it's helped us. So Meredith is doing well. We have to just monitor her a little bit more actively now. It's changed our life, but it's for the better. It makes us aware. So you've got to take something that's bad, and you've got to take it, and you've got to lift it up to God. God's going to change it into something great. You know, um, working out. I used to work out, believe it or not. I used to lift weights. I used to be in the martial arts. And one of the things that you always do when you lift weights, it was muscle, it was strength. And what happens is when you, you start pushing more weight, like if you're bench pressing or you're curling, the weights, what you're doing, you're doing micro tears in your muscles. But what happens is God, through his infinite creation and his awesome creation, he lets your body heal. And when it happens is when it heals, your muscles get stronger. They get bigger. And so that's part of that. So what happens is something terrible in life that happens or you're going through those challenging times, what you can do is God's stretching you. He's pulling you apart, but he's going to bring you back stronger. You have to remember that, though. You have to go through and do this through him. And he's got to be through prayer. And you got to do it with thanksgiving. It's like, yes, Lord, thank you for the challenge of, you know, going through with everything with Meredith. I still have another challenge. You know, being an adult, it's tough. I'm going to tell you guys, being an adult, it stinks sometimes. And one of those things is, is I have responsibilities. And I now have to go before the Lord. It's like, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to pay for these bills. Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But i got to give it to him. But I'm still thankful because I have Meredith. I have to trust in the Lord. And that's what you guys need to have over there. Is like, make your request known to God. And the peace of God, in verse 7, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's the ending of that. We've got to keep our focus on the Lord as we face those challenges. That's why we revere the Lord. That's why we fear the Lord. is because He's going to give you this understanding and he's going to keep your hearts in your mind. He's going to do that. He's equipped you guys to do that. So I just kind of want to encourage you, you know, if you know, you're know you having a tough time and you, you know, you're having a fear, the terrorizing type fear, give it to God. Give it to God. God, I don't understand. God, I don't know what to do. If you can be honest with him, God's going to be honest with you and he's going to equip you. And so when you need to go up there, you need to climb the ladder and get on this 20, you know, two-story building without a safety harness because you just got to go up there and just put something up real quick. And say, Lord, I need your strength. And just walk in the Lord. Walk in faith. Climb up the ladder, do what you got to do, and get right back down as quickly as possible. You know, it's the same thing. You're just going to have to trust the Lord. He's going to equip you with that because he doesn't want you to be terrorized. He wants you to be equipped to do that.
So that's one part of it. You know, another thing that comes into this, let's jump over to Colossians. So it's just one back. This is my go-to verse because I do struggle sometimes. And I get in, you know, when I taught a couple years ago, I taught about five tips or um, training concepts to go through there. Um, you know, I call it the Smith system is what it was called. But there are five tips to walking in a spiritual life. And one of them is get the big picture. You know, that's the one thing. And I might have to bust out that training and teaching session again. But that's what we need to focus on is what is the big picture. And so in, in Colossians 3, 2, it says, Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Focus on the Lord. Fear the Lord. This is where you can make that application. Set your things affections above. But you know, as we go through that, it's great, Ray. You know, but I need some I need some more help. I need some more meat and potatoes here. Let's go over to Second Timothy. And then go to Second Timothy one seven and eight. So like I said, we're getting an exercise. This is why we want to fear the Lord. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. This is that bad, terrorizing fear that we're talking about. But the power, that's the great thing right there. We have power. And of love. So we have power and love in a sound mind. If we set our affections with the Lord on things above, this is what's going on right here. God's not going to give us a spirit of fear. We'll be able to overcome those terrorizing items. So if you see a spider, instead of screaming and trying to yell for someone else to do it, you go ahead and deal with the spider. No, God didn't give you the spirit of fear. He gave you the power. You know what? If you think about this, verse 7, right, real quick, this is the same thing summarized in what happened in Genesis 1:26 and 27 where God set everything in motion. God has given us this, not to have the spirit of fear. He's given us the power. We are to replenish the earth. We are to multiply. We are to have dominion over everything in the earth and seas. I know that's paraphrased. That's not the quote. But we have the power, and we have love. God did it out of love. He loves us so much that He gave us His only begotten Son. In John 3.16, God loved us. He loved us so much that He sent His Son. And in verse 8 it says, be, thou, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. We're equipped to handle this. We can have this fear. This fear that terrorizes us isn't going to hold us. But it's the fear that revere the Lord that's built in power and love and a sound mind. That's how we're going to overcome this. As we continue here, um, go over to 2 Timothy 3. And I'm going to start in verse 14. All right. And so as you know, as you guys study the English language, excuse me right there, we have a contraction. So we're going to start out with a contraction. Because in 2 Timothy, Paul's addressing Timothy on some issues that are happening in the church um, right there. But he makes that transition, so again, I put the but in there. In verse 14, he says, But continue thou 
in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned of them. You've been taught. Now, you guys know this. Okay, we talked about it. That's why we're teaching now. I'm sharing this with you. They have learned. And then from a child, thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. A lot of you guys have grown up in this church. And we were talking about it earlier this morning. I've watched a lot of you grow up from diapers to being teenagers and preteens. I've watched you. So you guys have known this. You guys have been equipped from um, as a child. You guys are young adults. I'm not treating you like kids anymore. You guys are young adults. You know, you're teenagers, you're preteens. You guys are making a transition. You guys are in a transition point in your life. And so this is why we want to make sure you understand the differences between the fear because we don't want you guys to be stuck into that quagmire of terrorized fear. We want you to have that fear for the Lord where you get the love. Juliana, stop. So in verse 15, he continues on and says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in rightnesses, that the man of God may be perfectly, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The Bible is not being reproved. We are being reproved. And if we have the mind of God, we have the fear for the Lord, He's going to share that. He's going to build us up. He's going to refine us. He's going to correct us. I'll be honest. Sometimes we have to have a little correction inside of fear. But God's going to use the Word of God to correct you. But mostly for instruction and rightness. How do we revere the Lord? We have it right here in the Bible. And as we go through, um, go through here, we're going to jump back over to Ephesians 2. Again, these are some of the verses some of you guys know very well. Uh, some of you have heard them many times, and you're going to hear them again. All right, so I'm going to start in Ephesians 2. Actually, I had the wrong one. All right, I'm going to start um, in verse 4. So Ephesians 2, 4, and I'm going to go through this. Again, we're going to have the mind of God. We want to have that reverence, love for the Lord because He loves us. So in verse 4 in Ephesians 2, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy... Think about that, mercy. Are we worthy of what He's done? It doesn't matter. He's given it to us anyway. For His great love, wherewith He loved us. He gives us mercy because He's loved. He loves us. As a parent, I give mercy, and she, even though Juliana won't admit it, I do give her mercy and grace at times. And it's because of love. It is because of love why we have to do things like this. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. So again, we talk about this. We're dead in sins. Our sins made us dead, walking dead people. But because He quickened us together with Christ, we are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, that in the ages to come, 
he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath ordained, and that we should walk in them. Wherefore remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, by that which is called the circumcision, is the flesh made by the hands. So we've been brought together with a purpose. As we look at this, we are brought together. We are to fear the Lord. We are to revere the Lord. We are not to be terrorized by the Lord. That's you know that's the two-sided coin I'm talking about. There's the terrorized fear, and then there's the reverence fear. So it's part of the same coin. The adversary uses that against you. We saw it with Adam. We've seen it throughout the Bible. There's many, many more examples where the adversary... Satan, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, by his 20 different names that he has, he will use those tools to divide you, to keep you separated from the Lord. But if you have, if you revere the Lord, he's not going to forsake you. He's with you. He's going to equip you right there. If Adam had not, if he, Adam would have revered the Lord like he was supposed to, he would never have left Eve alone for the adversary to get to him. The adversary, he's smart, and he's going to use doubt, he's going to use deceit to get his way. But if you trust the Lord, who's true, you know, it says in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way, the life, he's the truth. The adversary, his is deceit, his is lies. This is a foundation of lies and jealousy. And he's going to play that against you. But if you fear the Lord, you revere the Lord, you'll be able to go forward and it will not affect you. It will actually equip you more. God's going to bless you with that. So just kind of be aware of that. One thing to remember as you go through the theme of the Bible. So it's a constant battle. And it is a battle. It's real. The theme of the Bible is restoring man's lost image in God. God's going through this whole process to prove out to Satan that, hey, it can be done and it will be done. You know, one thing I want to come back to as I kind of wrap up, I'm going to try to find it real quick. I think it's in Luke 9. Someone may ask, Ray, I don't know how to pray. You just got to go to the Lord. You got to have that act of fear, that reverence. And we just got to go through it. Now, many religions use this as a foundation piece. Let me make sure I grab the right one here. Make sure I grab the right one here because I always forget where it's at. This is the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, I'm trying to remember where. I had it in the tip of my head and it's gone. 
We just saw it too this last Wednesday. And okay, so actually, it's Luke 11. And if you're not sure, you know um, how to pray. This is just a starting point. I will say this prayer. This is what Lord has given us. It's it's an approach and how we take our prayer. How do you fear the Lord? Well, we need to have a prayer here. So, so in verse eleven, Luke eleven, it says, verse one, it says, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he had ceased, one of his disciples said, "On the Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples." And this is that prayer. And he goes in verse two. He says, and he said in them, when you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, as so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's the fear of the Lord right there. That prayer sets a tone how we need to approach. We need to approach um, our Father. If you notice... Some people pray a little bit different, and that's fine. Um, I always like the relationship between our Father in Heaven and myself. There's that relationship. It's that fear, the reverence that we have right there. And that's what's going on. So we see that, you know, He's in Heaven, you know, hallowed. That's the reason why we do that. It's sacred as we go through it. His kingdom come. His kingdom's coming. You know, it will be done in heaven and on earth. God's the creator of the universe. So we understand that relationship as we pray right there. And he provides for us day by day. That's why we need to be praying. That's why we need to be reading our Bibles daily. You know, today, I jokingly right here, but Isabella has an iPhone. And so she was going through it. And it's like, do you have a Bible app on it? So if you have a cell phone, if you don't have a Bible app, come see me and we'll show you the right one to get. We want to make sure you get a King James Bible. So you at least have a Bible with you. You may not have a Bible with you when you go to school, or you may not always have a Bible with you, but you usually, I will say about 99% of the time, you'll have your cell phone with you. If you have your cell phone with you, then you at least have a Bible as a resource. I'd rather read the paper Bible, the one I have right here, than a digital Bible. There's something else that you feel that came next to you as you read this. So when you go through it, read your Bible daily. That's how you're going to get fed. You're getting fed spiritually. So you need to be praying, and you need to be reading daily. Here's a great thing. is God has forgiven us our sins. Isn't that worthy to revere the Lord himself? That alone should just say, hey, I fear the Lord. I hold him holy. I'm going to exalt his name. I'm going to worship him. Because he's forgiven us. And then we have to have the attitude. We've got to forgive as well. That's how we conquer fear. You know, one of the challenges um, in the as you get older and get a job and you get in there, you're going to run into a situation, especially with the low-paying jobs. You're going to get you're going to get what's called fear-based management. They're going to scare you into into submission. I want you to be aware of that. That's how they do it. They try to bully you. They try to guilt you into doing something that's not right. That's called fear-based management. That's what the devil wants. He wants to scare you away from the Lord. And he tried. And he was successful. 
throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, the devil was successful in some instances. But in the end, God, if you fear God and revere him, he's not going to go through this. So you have the way to pray it right here because he's forgiven our sins and then we need to go through and forgive others. And God's not going to lead us into temptation. I want you guys to understand that too. God's not tempting you. And if you're with the Lord and you fear the Lord and you have a relationship with the Lord, then that fear is not going to be, that temptation is not going to be real. And He's going, to, the Lord's going to deliver us from evil. We have that promise. We have those promises over and over again. But the question is, is how do you want to approach it? That's the real question. How do you want to approach it? You can go through, ignore the fear for the Lord like Adam did in the garden and not take ownership of what he needs to do. But there's consequences. He didn't understand the consequences either. So we need to be aware of this. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, come see me. See Brianna after class. If you want to know who the Lord Jesus Christ is, we can go through and do this. We can have that conversation. And if not, that's okay. But I want you guys to understand there's a chance to go through that. You know, I want you guys to have that joy. Remember in Philippians 4.4, 4, rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer.